eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast. I am Chip Brown, joined, as always, by our fearless leader, the the managing editor of Horns 24-7, the one and only Taylor Estes. Taylor, how you doing? Yep, I'm I'm doing all right here. Uh, I have a lot more people in my household right now because some family members moved in, so it's been a little of a transition, which is why we're you know we're posting this a little bit later than normal. But other than that, I'm great. How about you? Well, and I appreciate everybody who's been saying some prayers for my dad, who's 83 years old and um, has been battling COVID, and uh, it's it's been a struggle. It's been rough, but. Um, Really appreciate all those prayers. It's it's definitely consumed me the last uh, well few weeks, and um, so just hoping for the best and praying and and thankful for for people praying with me. And uh, and so with that, uh, let's get into the developments over on the forty acres. I mean, it's going hundred miles an hour since Steve Sarkeesian took over as head coach. We now have. Um, the coaching staff finalized, although I don't think we have any official word yet from Texas on Jeff Choate, the Montana State head coach who joins Steve Sarkeesian as the as the uh, co-defensive coordinator and inside linebackers coach. And let me just say this real quickly, Taylor. I, I love this hire. And um, I've talked to people who've worked with Jeff Choate, who've coached against Jeff Choate in the big sky while he was at Montana state where he led them uh, to the semifinals of the FCS playoffs in 2019. Of course, the big Sky's 2020 season was canceled. And that's part of the reason I think, you know, people are wondering why is a head coach leaving to be a co-defensive coordinator at Texas? Well, he's not sure he's even going to get football in 2021. The big sky, you know, they don't, they didn't have the, well, he was frustrated. Let's put it that way. He was very frustrated by the 2020 season being canceled. And, and so here he is kudos. He's worked with Pete Kwiatkowski and, and Pete Kwiatkowski, just like we knew from Washington, no ego says, yeah, give him a co-defensive coordinator title and get him down here. I can, I can use his fire. And we talked about that a little bit that he's more the fire and Pete Kwiatkowski's more the ice, but they make a good combination. And that's a nice, uh, considering that Pete Kwiatkowski is a former defensive line coach. It's nice to have a linebackers coach who um, you can tie the front of the defense together with and feel comfortable about because you've got Bo Davis, who's a pros pro he's won three national championships two at Alabama, one at LSU and coached in the NFL. So, we're uh, just, you know, waiting on the official word from Texas that Jeff Choate is on board, but we know he is. He's already working um, at Texas, but um, and the coaches have been a little bit hamstrung. Taylor, they they were in quarantine um, because of all the COVID issues on campus right now, and we should just touch real quickly on the Texas basketball team not having Shaka Smart, uh, not having. Uh, Courtney Ramey, Jericho Sims, or Brock Cunningham, their energy guy, uh, in that loss to OU on Tuesday night. And that really hurt him because it, it proved to be a, a two-point game, uh, or one-point game, excuse me, 80-79 they lost. They nearly came back um, from a 10-point deficit to win that game, but they fall just short. And 
the COVID-19 issues are real on the Texas campus and uh, Texas women's basketball, who's won two out of three, has been dealing with COVID-19 as well. So it's just uh, it's just part of life. And um, we'll see how they're going to make up some of these basketball games. Texas already has two that they need to make up from uh, COVID issues at other schools, Baylor and Iowa State, that they have to make up, TCU as well. Uh, it's going to be tough to to try and play a conference tournament and do these makeup games. Maybe they'll do away with the conference tournament and just focus on getting the regular season right. But it's uh, it's been a struggle. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's different with football season. It seemed to be you know the built-in type of bye weeks that they had um, in the Big Twelve just for this reason, but in basketball, it's hard to do that because there's so many more games already. I mean, most teams are playing at least two games a week. And so, yeah, I mean, I thought it was, it's, you know, unfortunate for Texas basketball. They did kind of come back as you had mentioned there, but to be without a coach and then without key players, plus missing, you know, two weeks prior two games prior to the Oklahoma game. I mean, it's not, basketball's not really a game of, Oh, we have extra time to prepare. You know, it's more a game. I think of momentum a lot of times. And I think that you saw how well Texas was kind of, you know, firing on all cylinders going into or throughout big 12 play to start big 12 play and throughout the season. And then I think having these hiccups chip, I mean, how much of an impact do you think that is even aside from not having the players, but just not having the consistent schedule that these players are used to um, from a basketball standpoint. Right. I mean, when Texas had those games postponed, they were hot. I mean, they were a team that, that no one wanted to see. And so now Texas has been a little vulnerable. They, they lost at home to Texas Tech, a game they should have won. They had a bad inbounds turnover with 44 seconds left that allowed Tech to tie the game and then, and then ultimately win it on a jumper with three seconds left after Texas had held a 12-point lead in that game. And then, and then they're without Shaka Smart, their head coach, and three key players, including two starters, against OU. And they still nearly win, which is nice, but it's a loss and it's two of three losses, you know, two of their last three at home. And now they go to Kentucky on Saturday and Kentucky normally is a juggernaut at home. They're almost unbeatable at home, but they're, they're struggling to find chemistry. They've lost five games at home. They're five and 10. This is a must win for Texas. And, and yet we don't even know if Shaka and those, you know, Courtney Ramey, Jericho Sims and Brock Cunningham are going to be back in the lineup for Texas at this point. So it's a struggle. It's it. They're going to have to be really mentally tough and they're a veteran team. So you would expect that from Texas and I, the committee, when they put the seedings or the NCAA tournament together, man, they're, they're going to have a lot to factor in. It's, it's one thing to say, Oh, their key player was injured this game, but to say the coach and three key players weren't, a part of a, a loss, they have a lot to factor in and consider when they're putting that, uh, that tournament bracket together. Yeah. I definitely do not envy them in the slightest because of that. I mean, you know, and the thing is too, it's not just one school that's dealing with this. It's right. every school. And so, yeah, I think the committee has got to be doing their homework a lot more homework than they usually do. Um, but as you mentioned, you know, it, it's still, I think up in the air of Shaka smart would be coaching. Um, you know, we had heard last week that he may have tested positive for COVID-19. Then it was announced, I believe on, on Monday that he, uh, he had tested positive. So if you think about the time frame here, I don't know when his first positive test came, but there probably is a good chance that he won't be at that game either. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a challenge. And, uh, and so, you know, you, you look at it and you say, okay, we got to, battle through this adversity. Confidence is a fragile thing. We know that, but this Texas basketball team, when they, when, whenever they get back to full strength should have the confidence uh, to, to, to plug back in. They know they can play at a high level. And, uh, and so we'll see that's a, again, that's tough. And Texas is still alone in second place in the big 12 behind undefeated and number two Baylor. And just ahead now of OU who's suddenly won four in a row, including uh, wins over um, TCU, K-State, Kansas, and now Texas. So OU 
right behind Texas at uh, six and three in the big 12. So um, Taylor there uh, there's a little bit on, uh, on the Texas basketball scene. Let's get back to football because we do have some graduate transfer news and some departure news involving the Longhorns. We'll tell you first about the, the players. Well, how do you want to do it? You want to do bad news first? Who's going or who's coming? Should we do the bad news first? Yeah, let's get that. Just rip the Band-Aid off. Let's All right, we'll rip the Band-Aid off. All right, so uh, Jalen Green, who's, man, is he a talented player and certainly a guy who you, you didn't really, you know, you couldn't really tell when he was on or off the field in that rotation with Josh Thompson and, and Deshaun Jameson. Now, I know he had a couple of, you know, pass interference penalties, but I think all the corners struggled to a degree with how to play the hands as Chris Ash would talk about and when to turn and look for the ball. And Jay Valai was a young cornerbacks coach, and it just seemed like they struggled with when to turn and when to play the hands. Nonetheless, Jalen Green gets into the transfer portal, and he's now headed to Mississippi State where he'll rejoin his um, his former cornerbacks coach at Texas, Jason Washington. Um, this one hurts, Taylor. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Jalen Green, you know, we kind of touched on this when he went into the transfer portal last week. You know, he was a guy that when when he signed with Texas, Tom Herman called him a a three year guy, which ended up actually being accurate. But he thought it was a three year guy because he was going to go to the NFL. And and that's how a lot of people feel about Jalen Green. You know, this is a big loss for Texas. It's a the one positive that Texas does have is that, you know, Josh Thompson really, when he moved back to the cornerback position, which is more of his natural position, he shined. And so that kind of hurt Jalen Green a little bit, just battling the playing time a little bit there. But yeah, I mean, this is a big loss. It's a huge gain, I think, for Mississippi State. And, you know, as as we had talked about previously on the flagship podcast, Jalen Green had been, I think, a little disappointed after Jason Washington had was fired by um well technically Chris Ash is the one that didn't decided not to retain him uh prior to the 2020 season so I think that that has always been something that hurt because he was a guy that recruited a ton of those defensive backs in that 2018 class including Caden Stearns too who you know opted out of the season mid-year um I think that you know it goes back to kind of how we always say you know, you want to hear players commit to a university, but the, the people that they really commit to oftentimes are the position coach, because those are the ones that they constantly are working with. They, those are the ones that are always, you know, visiting their campus or their high schools, you know, and talking to their high school coaches and talking to their parents constantly. And so when position coaches that are such strong recruiters like Jason Washington was at Texas, when those type of guys move on, you know, you, you tend to see some transition. And, and you also saw that, you know, with Xavier Alford, who the freshman that ended up transferring to USC, well, guess who, guess who's the safeties coach at USC, Craig Niver, you know, who recruited him to Texas. So this is, you know, I think Jalen Green is probably the biggest hit that Texas has, but he's also not the only player departing. Another big one chip is Keontae Ingram. You know, he uh, just announced on Tuesday that, or I'm sorry, was yeah, Tuesday that he, uh, was transferring to USC also. And I mean, this is, these are, these are not, you know, three-star players that are going on to play at a lower, you know, school. These are, you know, high four-star prospects that came into the University of Texas, some of the top players in the state of Texas in their recruiting cycles. And it's definitely, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate a little bit for Steve Sarkeesian and his staff because, they haven't really had the opportunity to really build the relationships and try to keep these players on. But I think a lot of these guys had already made their decision mid season last year, you know, Keonta Ingram opting out. Um, and, and also, you know, uh, Caden Stearns had opted out. There's a lot of the player opt outs that end up kind of moving on, whether it was transferring or going to the NFL. But I think Jalen green's probably the biggest hit, but Keonta Ingram, that's another one. Cause Texas as great. I mean, it wasn't surprising, you know, I think because Bijan Robinson, he came on so strong, especially towards the end of the season when Keontae Ingram had that ankle injury. Um, I think a lot of people probably expected Keontae Ingram to leave, but I mean, you need depth at running back. And I, you know, Roshan Johnson's still there, which is solid for Texas, but 
you know, if you're, you, you definitely need that depth. And I think we've seen that at Texas over the last few years with just different injuries. I mean, Roshan Johnson's playing running back because of depth injuries at running back, you know, he moved from quarterback to that position. So, um, you know, that's also a big hit in my opinion, Chip. Yeah. And I, I think uh, we'll get into it in a second, but I think Texas is still looking around in the transfer portal for a running back just for depth, because, You've got, as you mentioned, Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson, and and from what we're hearing, Gabe Watson, the the D two um, leading rusher from 2018, um, is going to return for Texas. But that's it. Mm-hmm. Now, those are your three scholarship running backs, and we know that uh, you need more than that at uh, at Texas, and to get through a full football season, and and so. You know, Jalen Green, you you'd hope that if you're Texas or Steve Sarkeesian, that maybe he'd give uh, the new coaching staff a chance. But um, that's not happening. Jalen Green is already uh, signed and and moving on to Mississippi State. And um, and then, um, you know, with Keontae Ingram going to USC, I'm glad he found a good spot to land because I was hearing that he might go to Sam Houston State. And I'm sitting there going why on earth would you do that? I yeah. mean, stick it out and battle at Texas. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen and, and it's different worlds. Um, you know, when you go from a Texas, a power five program to a, to an FCS program like that, uh, it's Sam Houston state, but good for him that he's going to land at USC and we'll see where his competitive fire is there. I mean, he's still got to compete um, for playing time wherever he goes. And, and so, um, if that's what he truly needed a fresh start, then good for him and best of luck to uh, Keontae Ingram. And then as we've been reporting for weeks, Tariq Black was not going to be a part of this football team. He was going to turn pro. Uh, if you've been reading the insider at horns 24 um, seven, we reported literally a month ago that Tariq Black um, was having some issues academically in that it was probably going to force him to, to move on to the NFL. I don't know that this is exactly what he wanted, but he is moving on to the NFL, the former Michigan receiver who was a grad transfer, grad transfer at Texas probably had his best game against UTEP um, did, you know, made a couple big catches, third down catches as well. Not hugely productive, but um, nonetheless, Tariq black moving on um, to the NFL. So there's your, there's your bad news. The Band-Aid has been ripped off, Taylor. Let's, <laughs> let's move on to the good news, and that is that Texas has added a couple of graduate transfers. Ray Thornton, the linebacker from LSU, comes in um, 6'3", 225 pounds, highly recruited out of uh, uh, Colleen Shoemaker in Texas and played inside linebacker this past season for LSU, had a couple sacks, a forced fumble. Texas needs... Uh, depth at, at inside linebacker for sure. And, and so Ray Thornton's going to have an opportunity. Obviously Juwan Mitchell has been there and they like what, or excuse me, the former staff liked where Jalen Ford was headed as well as um, uh, David Benda, who's more of an outside linebacker, but um, that's a, that's a big pickup for Texas because anytime you add someone who's been a, a player at LSU. And I mean, a guy getting playing time in the sec, he should be able to handle the big stage and know what's expected um, coming into a place like Texas. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think, you know, it's, you mentioned he, you know, if you look at the stats, he doesn't have the most eye popping ones from his time at LSU, but he kind of was shuffled around a little bit. I mean, he was recruited as an outside linebacker. He switched to inside linebacker um, prior to the 2020 season. And I believe he played, I think in nine games, I think in 2020. So yeah, I mean, this was a big addition, as you mentioned, you know, this is a position Texas needs depth. They really do. And um, you know, another one chip is, uh, I can't believe I'm going to have to be the first one to say his name, but <laughs> Notre Dame go for it. For Ovi Agofu. There you Texas, go. Uh, there, I think I didn't butcher it, so I apologize if I did, Ovi. But you know, Texas uh, added him. He made his announcement on Tuesday that he was going to transfer to Texas, which you know that's another key position 
um, that Texas needs to add to, you know, with a uh, with um, Joseph Osai moving on, you know, to I mean, Texas needs a lot of help, I think, on the defensive line. And so this is another guy, you know, um, he was pretty highly recruited. He was, you know, but didn't really see a ton of playing time at Notre Dame. Um, didn't really put many, you know, eye popping stats on the board, but still, this is a guy playing at Notre Dame too, as you mentioned, like playing at LSU. I mean, they're, they're not, you know, coming in from a D2 school or something like that. They understand what is expected at a major college, you know, to play college football. So that's another addition. I think that has the potential to be really beneficial for Texas. Yeah. And he's a, you know, he's one of those, um, guys who can move, you know, he's, he's, uh, in Pete Kwiatkowski's scheme where he's going to play two interior tackles with two stand-up defensive ends. A gofu fits that, um, description. He's, he's a, you know, nimble guy who can drop into coverage, who can also, um, you know, but is strong enough to take on blocks and obviously was getting playing time on a team that went to the college football playoff this year and was certainly a guy Steve Sarkeesian was aware of based on Alabama having played Notre Dame in the college football playoff. So, um, you know, Marquez Bimage is expected to come back. We got to find out where, where his weight is and, and what, what position they, this new staff sees him because he was 250 with good burst off the edge, but in Todd Orlando's scheme, he beefed up to 272 and then was in the process of dropping weight when he opted out of the of the 2020 season. So, but he is expected to come back. I love that kid. I, I hope they get him right where he needs to be because I, I just think he has something to give at that defensive end position and people kind of forgotten about him. And 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 so you know, it's going to be fun this spring to see how this staff sees these players and, and in what roles. And, and so, uh, Ovi Agofu from Notre Dame is, uh, is now joining the Longhorns. And, and I think this staff is still looking Taylor. I think, like I mentioned, I, I think they're still looking in the portal for a running back. Um, and we knew that they were looking for a defensive and a linebacker, not sure if they're done. Um, at those positions and, and with Tariq black moving on, you wonder if, uh, if they might look for a receiver, uh, in the portal, but we haven't gotten as much of an indication on receivers we have for, uh, running back defensive end and, and linebacker. And of course they've just addressed linebacker and defensive end and Steve Sarkeesian said, Hey, we've got signing day coming up. We've got, um, you know, eight scholarships roughly we want to we want to do what's best and and that might mean holding on to them right um, because of guys coming in and out of the portal and so we'll uh we'll continue to keep you updated over at horns 24 7 on the latest moves involving this uh this coaching staff and and taylor i think um you know when you look at this um when you look at the the players coming back as well. Uh, another player we should mention who, uh, who, you know, I, I kind of want to see what, uh, what happened to him um, would be, uh, Oh heck. I just completely blanked on, uh, <laughs> on my man who uh, came in a little um, Marcus. Uh, oh, shoot at the linebacker position. Oh, Tillman. Yeah. Marcus Tillman, because he, he, he came back a little overweight uh, from what, you know, I'm told out of shape from COVID the time off at home at um, COVID some players, you know, it was easier for some more than others to, to stay on top of their workouts, doing it all virtually and everything. But um, you know, Marcus Tillman is a guy who, had some promise had shown some flash then got injured and then um the covid situation so i want to i want to see where he how he's looking and and what he's got uh coming in into spring football but right. well, um, another player chip that you wrote about earlier in this week is casey thompson you know um and just kind of 
you know, maybe recap what you wrote um, in your morning brew about him not really slowing down since Allen Mobile. Yeah. I mean, Casey and I've, I've always been a, a Casey Thompson guy. You know, I've, I've said, I think people are sleeping on him a bit and so happy for him to get his opportunity in the Alamo bowl, but he, he didn't slow down. He went right from the Alamo bowl to Phoenix, where he was part of a quarterback clinic with his dad, Charles Thompson, the former OU quarterback. And they were keynote speakers at that quarterback clinic. And then, and then Casey, uh, who's friends with uh, Trey Brown from the OU team uh, decided you know, Trey Brown, who's getting ready for the NFL draft said, Hey, why don't you come to Miami? We're, we're working out. We need, you know, quarterbacks throwing the football. And so Casey flew to Miami and worked out for uh, several days with guys getting ready for the NFL draft and then came back to Texas and, and is now going through workouts with the Longhorns under new uh, performance coach. Is that what they're calling him now? Uh, Director uh, to- of football. Yeah, director of player performance, Tori Becton. So, um, but, you know, Casey Thompson's an interesting guy because people, and it's interesting what Steve Sarkeesian said this, this when he was talking about his coaching staff, he, he was asked about uh, who's, you know, what's the quarterback situation looking like with Casey Thompson and Hudson Card. And of course, Charles Wright is also on campus already as an early enrollee. And Sarkeesian said it's too early to get into, you know, who's ahead or who's behind or what. But he said, right now I'm looking for leadership. I'm looking for leadership. And if these guys are coachable and and so with Casey, I think it's an interesting if you ask guys on the team about Casey, they'll say, well, he's kind of to himself. And, you know, and part of that, I think, is because he's been counted out. It seems so many times. I mean, when cam rising was here, it was cam rising, right. You know, and, and behind Sam Ellinger and then, and then, you know, now it's Hudson card and in Casey grinds. I mean, he's really, he puts in a lot of time. He doesn't go out much. He, he studies and gets into the film and all that. And, and I don't know that he's carried himself, you know, with a ton of confidence. Cause I don't think he knows, who on his team is in his corner. He's got to get over that. Um, and hopefully by showing that he could perform eight of 10 passing four touchdown passes, five scoring drives to turn a close game into a blowout in the Alamo bowl. He's shown his teammates that he can deliver the goods. Now he's got to open up to them more and become one of the guys really because um, but I still don't think he feels comfortable because he always hears the murmurs about, Oh, well, you know, Texas really loves Hudson card and, and, and he has to just keep grinding because, you know, he, he's a kid from Oklahoma at Texas and, you know, things can creep into your head. And, and I think he's done a good job of just staying about the work and putting in the work so that whenever he gets an opportunity, he's ready and, and ready to, to do battle, whether it's in a, you know, throwing session in Phoenix, Arizona, Miami, or, or once they get on the field here at Texas. Yeah. I mean, I feel like even when he was a recruit, I was more hands-on in covering recruiting um, back then when, you know, when he was coming into Texas and I feel like he was, he, it doesn't really surprise me, you know, that you say that he kind of listens to the murmurs. Cause I kind of felt like that was how he was as a recruit too. You know, he cared a lot about what people said about him, how he looked, you know, and everything like that. And as you mentioned, you, you, you got to get over that, especially if you're going to be the quarterback at Texas. Cause my goodness, look at what Texas fans said about Sam Ellinger this year. I mean, this is a guy who finished his career second, you know, all time in career passing yards and people wanted him benched. I mean that you have to have a, a, you know, kind of probably a brick wall type of mentality when you are going to be the quarterback at Texas to not throw your head against that brick wall. You got to really just kind of drown out that noise and not pay attention to what people say. Cause I can't imagine how tough that would be. I mean, shoot, look at how many quarterbacks have transferred from Texas. And I think it's, it's a tough place to play, you know, when you're playing big time, big dog, you know, college football and you're the quarterback, you're the guy who touches the ball on every single play. You gotta, you have to have that drown out that, you know, outside noise and everything. And I think that's something that if, 
Casey can show that to the coaching staff, there's no reason for Hudson Card to surpass him at this point, you know, and and until spring practice comes in. I mean, Casey Thompson at this point probably should be the first, you know, 1A behind and then Hudson Card 1B heading into spring. But, you know, Steve Sarkeesian made it very clear what he was expecting and what he's looking at at that quarterback position, as you mentioned. And this is a time where Casey could be the guy heading into spring. He's never been in this situation before. So he's got to really kind of drown at that noise and continue to show not even just the coaching staff, but also his team that he's going to be somebody that they can count on to lead them because they're losing the alpha dog. You know, they're the offense is losing Sam Ellinger and say what you will about Sam Ellinger. I mean, he is the definition of a leader. You know, I mean, the one thing I don't think anybody could ever question about Sam Ellinger was his heart and his leadership. And so he kind of has big shoes to fill, but he also has the opportunity to fill those shoes for the first time in his career. Yeah. And obviously, um, we heard from Mike Yursich that Casey prepared like a starter. And Yursich said, we, you know, you say that all the time as a coach, you want your backup to prepare as if he's the starter. He said, Casey did it. And he said, I'm excited for his opportunity when he gets in. And then sure enough, he got in in the Alamo Bowl. Again, it was a one possession game and the offense had sputtered uh, for six drives going into halftime. And then all of a sudden five straight scoring drives and Casey Thompson's, you know, moving around in the pocket, avoiding defenders, throwing that out route to Cade Brewer where only Cade Brewer could catch it. Then gets a rush on the 70 yard bomb to Calvante Dixon has to step up quick and throw it. And it was right in stride. Those are the kinds of things that, that Casey Thompson has been working on nonstop to improve. And so really excited to see how he approaches this spring and connects with his teammates. I, I thought it was an interesting message from Steve Sarkeesian because I, I think he's talking to Casey right there. You know, Casey's a guy who's felt like he's had so much to prove to everybody, to his teammates, to his coaches that he might not have been real comfortable, um, you know, until he got a chance to show what he could do. And now he's got to become one of the guys and, and earn those guys respect as a, as a guy who they need to go fight for. Yeah. And, and that's a, I thought that was a good key message from Steve Sarkeesian right now. Yeah. You can always kind of wade through what coaches say to get to down to what they're really trying to point out. And I totally agree chip with that. Um, you know, we will continue this conversation after we take a very short break, but definitely want to stay tuned because we're going to touch more on some of the transfers at Texas and uh, including the quarterback race, what Steve Sarkeesian said about that in love it or leave it. So stay tuned. We will be right back. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. So, Chip, are you ready for some love it or leave it? I am ready, Taylor Estes. All righty. So my first one for you is love it or leave it. Texas has helped the team tremendously with the transfers of Ray Thornton and Ovi Agofu. Um, tremendously. You know, I'll leave that for right now. Um, I, I'd love to be wrong for <laughs> Texas's sake. And and Ovi Agofu and Ray Thornton come in and play like all conference performers, but I don't think the sample size of their work is big enough to be able to make a statement like they will help tremendously 
um, at this point. So I think they'll help for sure, because look, if you're, if you've been on the field at programs like Notre Dame and LSU, then you know what it takes at this level. And, and if these coaches feel like these are guys who can come in and help, then I think everyone agrees. This is a talented coaching staff and, and there are high expectations for this coaching staff. And, and that involves player um, evaluation and then obviously get them on campus and develop them into what you are looking for. But um, I'll leave this from a, from a, they'll help tremendously. I, I think they'll help, but um, I'd, I'd love to be wrong. Taylor, what do you think? You know, I think, I think I'm going to love this. I, I agree with what you're saying because I, you know, these are kind of untapped talent a little bit to an extent. And, um, but I do think that this shows what Steve Sarkeesian and his staff are really focused on. And, you know, he's mentioned that they're not just going to fill these roster spots, these scholarship openings just to fill them for fun. You know, I mean, they're going to get guys that they believe will contribute. And with how talented this coaching staff is, how well they've been able to develop players and to get guys like these two from Notre Dame and LSU who have played for them, even though they haven't lit the world on fire, I think that at this point, there's no reason to question, you know, their, the coaches kind of approach to it or anything like that. And so in my opinion, I'm giving Steve Sarkeesian and his staff the benefit of the doubt that they think these guys are going to be tremendous help for Texas, because I don't think that they're just going to add players to add players. So I'm going to, I'm going to just give them the benefit of the doubt a little bit, and I'm going to love this one. Okay. All right. All right. So on the flip side, Chip, Love it or leave it. Texas has been hurt tremendously by the departures of Jalen Green, Keontae Ingram and Tariq Black. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to love this just from the Jalen Green standpoint, because I think Jalen Green, I thought that he, Josh Thompson, I love Deshaun Jameson. Now, you know, I love Deshaun Jameson. I'm, I'm president of the the, you know, Deshaun Jameson fan club and think he should be on the field all the time because all he does is make plays. But whether it was, you know, Josh Thompson, Jalen Green, they're both talented guys. There, there were those were three guys you can win with. And when you lose a guy like Jalen Green, who's got experience and the program has connections with his teammates, relationships, that hurts. And and it hurts the depth. And obviously they love, or I got to be careful. We got a new staff in here. Keaton Crawford is a guy who was really coming on, was getting some playing time late in the season. And is a guy they think can really come on as a, a guy who can play the ball in the air and also come up and hit you. And so, you know, Keaton Crawford's a guy who we, we need to see develop and, you know, Josh Thompson will be moving on after, well, who knows? He's got that added year of eligibility if he wants it. But, um, you know, you, you've got, uh, and Deshaun Jameson is a guy who might want to head off to the pros. Nonetheless, Keaton Crawford's a guy that needs to get developed. And I'm excited to see what he can do. And, but they've got to keep adding corners. I mean, a bunch of them in this uh, recruiting cycle because they want to play man and you got to have studs out there. The, the quickest recipe to defeating an RPO offense is being able to play man on the outside. And, and there's no doubt that that's what Steve Sarkeesian and, and Pete Kwiatkowski, who's put in, you know, incredible defensive backs into the NFL from Washington, whether it's Marcus Peters or Buda Baker or, Shaq Thompson, Desmond Trufant. I mean, we're talking top, top, top players. And, and those are the kind of guys that they'll be looking for in recruiting. Yeah. I agree. You? Yeah. I'm going to love this one too. You know, for, as you mentioned, the Jalen Green thing, you're the, you're the, the, you know, president of the Deshaun Jamison fan club. I think I'm the president of the Josh Thompson fan club. Cause I think that he's so talented too. And he's shown he could play throughout, but Jalen Green, just because we're the president of their fan clubs, that does not mean that we're, you know, dogging on him. I mean, he was such, I mean, I remember watching him as a recruit and just being like in awe of how 
talented of an athlete this kid is. And so this is a huge loss in my opinion. And, and as you mentioned, you know, I mean, if they're playing man, like you need guys that can do that. And I think that Jalen green started kind of coming on a little bit better um, throughout his sophomore season um, playing corner when he got the opportunity to start, you know, it wasn't perfect all the time. And even last year, as you mentioned, there's a couple, you know, penalty flags that he had against him, but still like, this is, this is not, this is a guy that we are going to watch play on Sundays one day, like mark my words, he will be on an NFL roster. And, you know, this is not a, a scrub that you just toss off to the side. Cause there's so much more talent, you know, around him. There is a lot of talent around him, but he was part of that talent, you know, and they, Texas had kind of a three-headed monster in the three corners, you know, that we mentioned in uh, Thompson, Jamison, and Green. So, yeah, I agree. I'm going to love this. This is a big, big loss for Texas um, and from a sheer depth standpoint, you know. So, as much as I think the others are good, this is also bad for Texas, too. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Keontae Ingram leaving, that hurts. Yeah. Um, They're in the portal looking for a running back, and – and so that, uh, yeah, that's tough. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I would say, I'm not sure about Tariq black, how much of an impact that was. And that's not a knock against him. We just didn't see much from him, you know, um, in his one season playing at Texas. So, but yeah, I agree. And I think Troy O'Meary getting healthy right. because everyone, whether it was players, coaches were saying what a show he was putting on in fall camp before he suffered his ACL tear. I think Troy O'Meary getting healthy takes care of that X receiver position where Brennan Eagles and, and Tariq Black just uh, vacated. Yeah, that's a good point because you almost you can't forget about him. And I think that it's been easy to kind of forget about him because he was a true freshman, you know, coming in. And um, but, yeah, I mean, everything from everyone we heard from just was in awe of Troy O'Meary. So I, yeah, I think that's something just to keep an eye on, too. Um, all right. My next one for you, Chip, is love it or leave it. Based on Steve Sarkeesian's comments, Casey Thompson has the upper hand in the quarterback race going into the spring. Well, I, I'm going to love this just because I think I know how hard Casey Thompson has worked to build himself into this position. I don't think he's afraid. I don't think he's afraid of competition. Obviously, he thought about leaving when Cam Rising was here and it looked like Sam Ellinger was going to be the guy. But then Cam Rising left and Casey took his name out of the portal and stayed. And and now because of the extra year from the COVID-19 season, he's got three years left. And if what we saw against Colorado and we can talk about how bad Colorado is all day, but the throws that he made were under duress. I mean, the two I mentioned, the Cade Brewer out route, the, the deep ball, the Calvante Dixon, those are balls that, that you, you'll take against anybody against air. I mean, those are good throws and he's got a live arm. He can move around and I'm excited to see what this kid can do. I felt like Steve Sarkeesian was saying to Casey, Hey, leadership, you know, and, and then, and by saying things like leadership and coachability, um, you know, those are, that's a message really to the entire team, right? Because they're all learning new things and, and to be, to be, if you can show those qualities, man, this off season's going to go a whole lot better. But um, I do think, and I do think that Steve Sarkeesian would not have said, this is a talented roster. There are a bunch of guys you can go win a championship with if he didn't feel good about the quarterback position and what he saw from Casey Thompson in the Alamo Bowl. You don't say things like that unless you have the quarterback. So I do, I'm going to love this. And because I, I think that Steve Sarkeesian liked what he saw in the Alamo Bowl. That's not to say that Hudson Card isn't going to, battle and flash and grow and develop. And, and this thing could be um, a juggernaut, but you know, everyone worries about, Oh, he's got to keep Hudson card warm or he's got to keep Casey warm. Cause you don't want one of them to transfer and think about Alabama where Mac Jones came in, in the same class as Tua, you know, Tonga Vailoa and stayed and ended up winning 
a national championship as a Heisman finalist, that's going to be part of Steve Sarkeesian's. He's got to get that message across too, so that everybody is thinking about staying engaged and competing and not thinking at the first turn, man, I'm falling behind. I, I need to jump in the portal. Right. Yeah. What do you think Taylor? I agree. I I'm going to love it. I think that, you know, Casey's at least had the opportunity to prove himself and, and I'll be the first one to admit, I was really very, you know, wait and see with Casey Thompson, um, all along because I did see him a lot as a recruit and the times I did see him in person, they weren't the most impressive times I saw him. So, you know, I, I had a different approach and opinion, I think just based off of that time. Now that probably may not seem fair at all, but you know, you kind of remember what you see and we hadn't seen much from him prior to the Alamo bowl game, but some of those throws he made in the Alamo bowl, I was like, dang, I mean, I've been, you know, I, I remember him throwing ducks against air you know, in seven on seven with no pressure in his face and him making some of those throws. I was like, okay, Casey, like you, you're proving me wrong here, you know? And, and as you mentioned, Colorado was not some team that was, going to go win a championship or anything like that. But I mean, you know, those are, those are throws that I didn't see from Casey. We hadn't seen from Casey since he'd been at Texas and I didn't see him do those type of throws in high school either. So I think that just from him, what he has on film at this point, you know, I think he does have the upper hand going into the spring. Now Hudson card, you know, he, he was a first year player. He, you know, did not go through a spring practice yet. This will be his first spring practice at call it in the college level. So we still don't know what Hudson card has to offer, but at this point, you know, you, you're going to tend to go to experience, especially if that experience is playing at a higher level than the backups. Now, if Hudson card comes in in spring practice and lights the world on fire, you go with the younger guy. A lot of times, you know, you, uh, you want, to see the younger guys try to at least compete with some of the upperclassmen. But I think at this point, I agree with you. I think Hudson, or excuse me, uh, Casey Thompson definitely has the upper hand. Now I think he's just going to have to prove himself, as we mentioned, as a leader to the coaching staff, because that's what, you know, Sarkeesian is going to be looking for. He's made it very, very clear. And I think that was a message, as we said earlier in the show to, to Casey Thompson, like, let's, let's go, dude, you know, because you're right. You don't, if you're a coach, you know, especially a head coach who has prior head coaching experience, if you don't think you have a quarterback, you're not going to talk about the talent on the roster. You know, you're going to kind of talk about what we heard Charlie Strong talk about a lot, you know, kind of like we got to rebuild this, the, the, we got to bake the cake, you know, and all of that type of thing, because they didn't have the talent that, you know, at quarterback, I think when he was there. So I'm going to agree. I'm going to love this one too. Well, and real, real quickly, I know um, some of the discussion on uh, Horns 24-7 um, under the morning brew uh, on Tuesday when I wrote about Casey was comparing Casey Thompson to Gerard Hurd. And I've, I've, I think those are apples and oranges. Casey, to his credit, like you said, maybe he didn't you know, look sharp as a, as a recruit. He has uh, an older brother who you know, was with the Washington Redskins as a quarterback briefly. Um, and his, his dad, obviously Charles, former OU quarterback, he's a guy who, who really wants it as, and has put in the work. And I think Gerard Hurd was not comfortable uh, beyond his first read. So if the first read wasn't there, he would tuck it and run. And he was a very, very gifted runner. I think you saw in the Alamo Bowl when Casey dodged that defender and stayed in the pocket and found Cade Brewer. He's a passer who wants to get through his progression and, and is going to run only at the last resort. And, and also on that deep ball to Calvante Dixon, the blitz came, he stepped up, had to kind of rush the throw and threw a, a perfect strike. He's, he's a thrower. And the one thing that I kept checking in with the previous coaching staff was accuracy How's his accuracy? And they said his ball placement is one of his strengths. So he's put in the work. He's gotten his opportunity. He got to show. So now he's got to fill out the, he's got to get used to the idea of him being the guy and leading everyone. And, and, and that's, that can be an easy transition. He can get help from his teammates. You know, he's just got to be coachable, likable, and and then keep doing what he did against 
Colorado and the Alamo Bowl. If that if that's the case, if we're if we're looking at some, you know, and obviously no one's going to come out and go eight of ten every game and there will be film and defenses will figure out things. But it also helps to have Steve Sarkeesian as your offensive play caller, a guy who does a great job of scheming your playmakers, you know, to get the ball. So that's that's a, an added benefit for for Casey Thompson and Hudson card as this progresses forward. All right, Taylor, um, I've rambled on and on. And we should also say kudos, congratulations to Alex Okafor of the Longhorns for uh, his Kansas City Chiefs moving on to the Super Bowl and extending the Longhorns streak of Longhorns in a Super Bowl for a 16th straight year. So kudos to Alex Okafor, yes. who, uh, who was making plays for Kansas City in that AFC Championship game against Buffalo. In fact, there was a skirmish over, over some of the playmaking that uh, Alex Okafor was making So uh, when he threw Josh Allen to the ground. So good, uh, good stuff there, Taylor. And uh, as always, keep your, keep your eyes peeled and, and, um, and you know, Get over to iTunes, throw us a throw us a bone, if you will, with a five star rating and a, and a review. And and don't forget to listen to us on your smart speakers as well. All you got to do is say, hey, Alexa or hey, Google, um, I want to listen to the flagship podcast. And boom, there we are. There we are. You can hear our lovely voices throughout your home if you want. <laughs> Who doesn't want that? I know, right? I mean, come on, Longhorns fans. <laughs> and you can also listen to, you know, Jeff Howe and the Blitz with Rod Babers and and uh, our man Mike Roach on the state of recruiting. So uh, make sure you're you're checking out all the podcasts here at the Horns twenty four seven Mothership and and also check out the uh, flagship podcast interview that runs on Monday mornings. So uh, with that. For Taylor Estes, I am Chip Brown. Until next time, stay safe and keep the faith.